You're listening to Coldo D Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Our God is a consuming fire. Let's say that. Our God is a consuming fire. Uh, that's what I want to talk about a little bit. You know what it says that in Hebrews 12:29, but that's when he mentions that, that's really right out of what the passage that we're looking at today because the word for consuming is achal. Let's say achal. Achal. It, it's to devour, to eat, really. You eat. It's the word in Hebrew for to eat. And there's a, God is a consuming fire. He's hungry for our worship. He's hungry for our service, for our hearts to be towards him. But it's also used negatively in the episode that I want to talk about today of these two uh, men and what happened, um, Nadav, Nadav and Avihu, what happened in their incident that is in chapter 10 here. And it's a very in- fascinating incident that there's a lot of thoughts about why God struck them dead when they offered what was called strange fire, Esh Zara, strange fire, foreign fire, unauthorized fire. What did they really do that caused God to bring down fire and strike them dead on the spot as priests, sons of Aaron, uh, when just previously the fire of God had come down and consumed the burnt offering, the olah that the priests had offered in a positive way? And the same word used. Interesting. So, Father, we pray, open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we thank you and teach us from your scriptures. Teach us by your Holy Spirit, by Ruach HaKodesh. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> so I was going to call the, you know, this yum or yuck, but it's not really, <laughs> it's not really yuck. It's real yum like that because God is a consuming fire and it's esh. Michala, I believe in Hebrew, Esh Michala, it would be, he's an, a, a fire that consumes. So we come to this passage, Leviticus 9 and 10, and the sanctuary has been meticulous, meticulously built in the previous chapters, remember? Uh, elaborate instructions on sacrificial offerings have been given. And for seven days, the priests, Aaron and his sons, the Kohanim, have been consecrated into office. Now comes the eighth day when the service of the Mishkan, the tabernacle, will begin, the celebration of its consecration. And so God will bring his presence to rest in the midst of his people. And this is his visible home on the earth. This is what's going to happen. Now, I want to divert for a moment and ask this question, how does someone, how does one shake deep depression? How does one shake deep depression? I don't know, I'm so depressed that I can't tell you right now. <laughs> I'm making a joke about it, but, and I'm not depressed right now. But it's a serious, it's a serious issue for, for, for many and for, for a lot of people today. And I just want to say no one, no one can fill that hole but one. 
with a capital O. His presence, his coming in, through his breath of promise, through his word, his word of promise, or maybe by melody and song, filling the dry cisterns with water, lighting up the dark caverns of despair, pouring healing ointment on the gashing wound, God's love, all-encompassing, unending, undeserved, unmeasured, immeasurable, surpassing all knowledge, like Paul says in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19, so far beyond all judgment. That love of God, it's so far beyond all judgment. Why? Because all sin, all our screw-ups have been judged at the cross, at the tree, in Messiah's death once and for all. And no wonder Paul cried, but God forbid I should boast except in the cross. And we know we say we might substitute tree or execution stake, David Stern's turn. But the tree, the sacrifice of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah, Jesus the Messiah, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, Galatians 6, 14. He says, that's what I glory in. That's what I boast in. Because sin has been dealt with once and for all. And so God's love is free to go to the undeserving, to those that mess up everything. This world is a mess. Your life and my life is a mess. All of our lives are. But God fills it. God comes and says, I go beyond that. It's a love that surpasses knowledge in Ephesians 3. And he says, I want to fill the hole in your life. And here God's saying, I'm going to come and fill that empty spot. In this case, he's going to make his home, his visible home on earth to his people, to Israel. And in Leviticus 9, first Aaron and his family are called upon to offer a calf as a sin offering. And then the community of Israel is called upon to offer a ram as a burnt offering. They do, as the words repeat, what Moses commanded. Now, it mentions this a number of times, at least four times in chapter 9, but even many times earlier. As Moses, as the Lord commanded. What Moses commanded. What Adonai commanded. As Adonai commanded Moses. As Moses commanded. So that the glory of Adonai may appear, or ro'ed, the Hebrew word, may be seen, to see. And indeed, his glory was seen to all as the fire came out from his presence, from his face, and it ate up, in chapter 9, verse 24, you can see it there, it ate up, it consumed, devoured the burnt offering, the olah, which we spoke about last week. But then... After this happens, it seems that almost immediately the celebration turns to tragedy. The hooray to, her, to horror, if you will. The woe 
to, oh no, what happened? What happens? We'll look at chapter 10, verse 1. Aaron's sons Nadav and Avihu each took his own censer, put fire in it, laid incense over it, and offered again. Here is this Esh Zara, translates here, unauthorized fire. The word Zara from Zur means foreign, strange, another. It even can mean adulterous. Strange fire, foreign fire. And it says here, before Adonai, again, it's so, it looks so religious, so spiritual. It is. Which, but notice this, which he had not commanded. Do you see that? Remember all the times he had commanded? He had not commanded. Very clear. And so fire came out, it says in verse 2, from the presence of from the face of Adonai, and ate them, consumed them. So they died before Adonai. Now, what happened? And Moses tells Aaron in verse 6, down in verse 6, Moses said to Aaron, don't uncover your heads or tear your clothes. He basically says, don't mourn for them. But he says, do, I want you to mourn, do mourn for what God had to do. Feel bad for God, so to speak, not them. Now, maybe I'm having a pity party today. He says, don't have a pity party. It's not going to do any good. This is something that has to happen. And notice it was before the Lord. I think that's interesting. They offered it before. It looks like ministry. It looks like ministry, but it wasn't. And it's not. What many people do in the name of Jesus, in the name of ministry, often is not. There's a principle here. And I don't want to do ministry And you don't want to do ministry in the flesh. We don't want to serve God in the flesh. Come near to God my own way and not his way. How has he specified it's to be done? I cannot, indeed dare not, go around that, circumvent that, bypass that, and do it my own way. And I think that's what the issue is here. Maybe I think I can copy or duplicate what another anointed man or woman of God does. The key is, no, be yielded to the master's hand. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of England, said, when we confuse God's will with our will, we turn the holy, the source of life, into something unholy, and a source of death. I think that's an amazing statement. Let me repeat it. When we confuse God's will with our, with our will, we turn the holy, the source of life, into something unholy and a source of death. And that's what Nadab and Abihu did. Do I want the glory of God to be seen? Am I submitted to God's authority and direction? 
Or do I proceed in my own arrogance? Do I think, I know better. I know better. Is this what happened to the two of them? It's interesting, the history of what really took place before this. Now, 1 Corinthians 8 says, knowledge puffs up. But what builds up? Right, very good. Love builds up, 1 Corinthians 8. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone thinks he knows anything, he doesn't know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he's known by him. Paul's doing a play on words there. And he says, he says, you don't only know, but you're known by God. That's the most important thing, that God knows, recognizes me, and then we know him. Galatians 6, 3, if anyone thinks he's... Is, he is something when he is nothing. He deceives himself. In the Greek, it's he has a warped sense of reality. He lives in subjective fantasies. Or Proverbs sixteen eighteen: pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Whether it's Cain and Abel, Cain and Abel in Genesis 4, remember the one offering and the other offering? Or Ananias and Sapphira, and maybe some of you thought about it. I know I did when I read the story. You think of in Acts chapter 5, how they were struck with death, sudden death as well. Or Uzzah in 2 Samuel 6, when he tried to stabilize the ark and God struck him. And they were celebrating during the time, and David was even upset at God for, why did you strike him dead? For trying to straighten out the ark, because it was supposed to be carried by the Kohathites and oblivious to that, they, he tried. We think we know better than God. Now, let me ask this question to us all. Could our ministry die by God's hand? Could God end it because he's displeased with it? Do we want the divine favor, divine fire of favor, falling upon our congregation? Divine satisfaction and pleasure. Or divine fire of wrath and destruction. I hope not. Of course not. We don't want that. Divine dissatisfaction and displeasure. An an exclamation point of, again, yum or yuck. (laughs) Achal. He eats. He eats. Nadav and Abihu, Nadav and Abihu were brought near to, by Moses with Aaron to minister to the Lord as priests back in Exodus 28, verse 1. But we know that in Exodus 24, they were separated from the rest of the nation, leading them to think of themselves early on at the time of the giving of the Torah as future leaders. So we read in Exodus 24 that Moses had said in verse 1, Come up to the Lord, and you and Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, and the 70 elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Worship from afar. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, says in verses 9 through 11, and the 70 of the elders of Israel went up, And it says they saw the God of Israel. Very fascinating passage of Scripture. They saw the God of Israel. And under his feet was something like a pavement of sapphire. And it goes on and describes a little more description there. 
It then it says, yet he did not raise his hand against the nobles of the children of Israel. So they beheld God and they ate and drank. It's an interesting passage. They ate and drank. They beheld God and they ate and drank. Now, they were invited to join Moses and have a better vantage point than the rest of the nation. The purpose of the ascent, though, was to bow from afar, to worship from afar. Instead, they stood and they stared. The Midrash states, the commentary state, that as a result of their exalted position, Nadav and Avihu misused the opportunity and instead of prostrating themselves or covering their faces, they viewed God and they ate and drank. Interesting commentary. Interesting thought. Not script. We don't know for sure, but it makes sense. They got proud. They, got, they started to think, well, we're pretty important. Later after their deaths, the Lord spoke to Moses, it says in Leviticus 16, verses 1 and 2, after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they approached the presence of Adonai and died, the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holiest place behind the curtain. Before the atonement cover, King James translates it mercy seat, if you ever notice that, it's really a to- cover, the covering of the atonement, which is on the ark, so that he would not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. In other words, don't come any time, not just come at any time. Don't just think you can come when you want to. He says this, it's clearly saying, after they died. God is saying, I want you to learn the lesson. Treating holy things as casual. Now, I don't know if this bothers you, but, and I know many hearts are pure in this and don't mean, so help me when I say this, please don't take it out of context. And, and, it, and if the shoe fits, wear it, but if it doesn't, Put it aside. Someone left their shoes over here, by the way, before services. I was wanted to bring one up here. It looked just so cute. I said, it's cute. It was cute. Anyway, um, <laughs> but Jesus is my buddy. The Lord's my pal. Uh, perhaps we speak, you know, lightly of, you know, and it's in the songs, and, oh, he's my buddy and my pal, and he is. He's my closest friend, but don't take it too casually. Don't treat it, don't take holy things lightly. Don't treat, speak lightly or glibly of, ah, you know, we're, I'm going to church. <laughs> going to church. Wait a minute, what does that mean? <laughs> going to church. Well, I know we mean well by it. We mean a good thing because just, it's just cultural and we're used to it. But it's, wow, the church that we are the called out, that means called out ones, the, the kahila, the assembly, the ecclesia in Greek, you know, the, in Hebrew, uh, kahal, there's several words we could use, sunagage, you know, the assembled ones were mobilized for an eternal purpose. We don't, it's not just a trite thing. And I know, again, most people don't mean it, but they don't realize that because we've been indoctrinated, maybe uh, uh, from that background, maybe they just take, uh, treat it lightly. Cultural cliches that we, you know, perhaps been raised on, or I'm going, I'm just, you know, worship. It's worship. What is worship? Worship is devotion. Worship is devotion to God. We're a Bible study. Well, 
now we search, like was mentioned, Suzanne mentioned earlier, that word darash, to search diligently the scriptures, you know? And Yeshua said, search the scriptures for, uh, in them you think that you have eternal life, but they are they that testify of me. Always we search the scriptures. We look always to find him in them. John, uh, I think that's 539. And the, 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 and we need to treasure rather than treat trivial, uh, trivi trivially the things of God. Casuality, I don't know if that's a word, but taking holy things for granted. And it says in 1 Corinthians 11.30, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick and many sleep. Quite ha they had died. It, believers, what happened there? In the early Messianic community, many had died prematurely ahead of time because it talks about, it's talking about how they were celebrating, we call it the Lord's Supper, the Messiah's Yizkor, whatever term, we, whatever they were doing it, they started to treat it in a way, manner that was maybe, I don't know what happened was, but they lost the sense of holy and they didn't, and they didn't reverence it and and it says, Paul says, you're sick, you're weak, and many are, have died. Many have, are sleeping because of it. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty. 30. Uzzah. What happened? I should have a legitimate fear of doing God's work, God's ministry, my own way. Serving God with reverence, rather, and godly fear versus casually and tritely. Our God is a consuming fire. Esh michala. Let's say esh michala. Michal. Good, beautiful. Oh, I can see the screen. I haven't looked all this time. Laura has the screen up. Okay, and they got it. Beautiful. They all got it up. Fantastic. Esh michala. That's what it is. He's, he's hungry for my sacrifice, my devotion. And, you know, it mentions it Three other times, Numbers 3, 4, Numbers 26, 61, 1 Chronicles 24, 2. Again, this incident, Nadab and Abihu, they died before the Lord offering this unauthorized, this strange fire. They died, offered sacrifices of strange fire. They died before their father. What was the sin of Nadab and Abihu? Did the two enter the sanctuary drunk is one possible reason? We don't know. They clearly brought an offering of incense, strange fire, which was not called for, we know. Why, why do we say drunk? Because later on in chapter 10, it, he tells them not to be intoxicated, not to drink wine or fermented drink, verse 8, when you enter the sanctuary, the tent of meeting. And they say, so maybe, they say, perhaps they, they, they did. They, and, and, uh, but we don't know. But they know, we know they weren't to offer strange fire, and they did it something not called for. They allowed their position to get the best of them. They thought that they were to be the next leaders after Moses and Aaron. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 16, 18. We want to do the Lord's will and sacrifice in his love and his humility always, and we want to see his glory. Amen? We want to see his glory. We want to see, do it his way, not our way. Not what, he's command, not what he's not commanded, but to do. And we need to have a holy fear of that. Again, Hebrews 
I think the best commentary on this is Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Let us have grace and, and show gratitude through that we may offer worship in a manner pleasing to God with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. And let me close with uh, this beautiful poem that I haven't shared in a while. I love it because we want to be this, the, this, these yielded instruments in our master's hand. Yielded instruments. It's called The Touch of the Master's Hand by uh, Myra Brooks Welch. Anyone know this poem? Let's, let's listen to it and let's, Lord, help us to be this in your hand. Yielded. Twas battered and, the, and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while. Oops, let me start again. Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth, worth his while to waste much time on the old violin, but held it up with a smile. What am I bidding, good people, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar, and two, only two? Two dollars, and who'll make it three? Three dollars once, three dollars twice, going for three, but no. From the room far back, a bearded man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as an angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer, with a voice that was quiet and low, said, what am I bid for the old violin? And he held it up with the bow. A thousand dollars, and who'll make it two? Two thousand, who'll make it three? Three thousand once, three thousand twice, and going and gone, said he. The people cheered, but some of them cried. We do not quite understand. What changed its worth? Soft came the reply, the touch of a master's hand. And many a man with a life out of tune and battered and scarred with sin is auctioned cheap to a thoughtless crowd, much like the old violin, a mess of pottage, a glass of wine, a game, and he travels on. He is going once and going twice. He is going and almost gone. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul, and the change that was wrought by the touch of the master's hand. So, Lord, we thank you that we, and pray that we could be this, the violins, the violins in your hands, Lord, to make that beautiful music too, because you're a consuming fire, Lord, to eat us up. The pleasure, have pleasure in our worship, in our service for you. Hashem Yeshua. Amen. Amen. If you've never trusted Yeshua and you've never first done the first step of worship is to give yourself to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. Thank you for that sacrifice that took away my sins, took away my mess, and makes me brand new. I want Yeshua. I'm accepting Jesus in my life. Lord, I come to you. Forgive me. Wash me. Make me new. Let us know if you're praying that prayer. Just say it to the Lord. And we want to help you. If you're watching online, please contact us, and we'll help you in any way we can. 
We'll contact, we'll write you, we'll send you something. Please let us know. And uh, if you're here this morning, please come and someone will pray with you afterwards. May God bless you and keep you. May God lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you. May God bestow favor upon you and give you peace. Amen. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen.